he should have been stuck here for years and yeah. not yeah. three months. Oh. Man's like, I ate a scorpion once. I guess I hate <laughs> my friends now. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Hour the 100 podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 25-year-old actor and drama instructor. I like rooting anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. Pretty much everywhere. We didn't think of a fun fact. Aw, oh, damn. Would you eat a bug if you had to? If I had to eat a bug? Like, what? If bugs were your only food, which bug would you prefer? Uh, probably like a grasshopper. I feel like those are like high in nutrients and they're like big enough to not feel like I've just always got bugs in my mouth. Respect. You know what I mean? Like if they're too small, then I'm like, I have whole ass ants in my teeth right now. Mm -hmm. But like for some reason, it makes me feel better to know that I just have like one grasshopper leg in between my teeth than like a full on ant. A whole bug. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. No, it makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and my name is Samantha Coley. I'm a 27-year-old marketing coordinator and television critic. I'm a senior writer and the social media specialist at Telltale TV. I like over 40s OTPs and making playlists. I'm on Twitter at Sam Casey's where you can find me yelling about television and fangirling middle-aged actresses. If I were to have to, like, eat bugs on the reg, I would probably prefer, like, a caterpillar or something. Mm-hmm. Just because it's closer to, like, noodles. Yeah, I just... Wouldn't they be juicy? Yeah, I, something about... That is more appealing to me than... Crunchy? Crunchy. Mm. And Uh, and see, I prefer crunchy, so... This is a good question. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Today, you know, every single episode, we're just recording in another weird place. Um, Today, we're not recording in a weird place. It's just our living room. Um, But we sold our couch. So it may sound a little more echoey this week. Um, In the next few weeks coming, we will eventually get our couch. We ordered it. But we don't currently have it yet because it's sold out right now. But it, it was ordered. So it's coming in like, what, 10 days, I think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, it may be a little bit echoey today, but um, please be nice. <laughs> We're struggling. <laughs> We're doing our best. Today we have words to say about episode 711 of The 100, Etheria. <laughs> I can't believe we got to 711. Yeah. And it's called Etheria, which, pretty easy to talk about the title, which is just, like, the name of the final planet that we hadn't got to yet. Mm-hmm. Which is just um, British Columbia 2.0. Sometimes I just wish that they had made, like, Nakara and Etheria, like, the same planet or something. You know what I mean? Like, like... Like, was there a reason? Of the six, Nakara and Etheria are the ones that we're spending the least amount of time on. Like, we are, not Bellamy, but <laughs> we are spending the least amount of time there. And so I'm like, did it need to be two separate places? Like, it feels like they were like, here's six planets, and eventually we'll get to all of them. Too many. You know, if you're going to spend the whole season on Bardo and Sanctum, and then we'll talk about Earth, those are the three you need. Then you're like, okay, well, we're going to spend a bunch of time on Penance as well. Great. But now the other two, we spend, like, one episode on, and I'm like... Right. So why did we do that, though? Also, like, if you're going to have... This is probably a budget restriction or whatever, but, like... If you're going to have a crazy amount of planets and, uh, like, have cool things to explore, make them look like different planets, maybe. I don't know. Like, we're all the way across the galaxy. We're hundreds of years across the galaxy on new planets that you can travel through with a magic stone. And you're telling and me... you're telling me it looks exactly like British Columbia. You're telling again. me that almost every single one of them also have trees. Okay. <laughs> All of these planets have trees. The Like, 
where where is my like green sky and like purple grass yeah. and like pink birds just flying around that have like four feet? Yeah, you know, I yeah, scorpions made it. Somehow. Yeah, <laughs> but I, okay, so I get Etheria because clearly like whatever is happening here is important. Mm-hmm. You know, like something's gonna come back from this for sure. But I'm still just like deeply puzzled by Nakara. Uh huh. Like the whole ass planet was apparently like a giant creature, and we're just not gonna go back to it. Like, could we not have made Nakara and Etheria the same place? Like, I know that obviously, like, then they couldn't have gone and like found the stone and whatever. But like, the place where the stone was on Nakara was also treacherous. You know, like, right. I don't, anyway, it just feels like there were too there are too many planets. I guess. <laughs> Really quickly before we jump into the actual show, the actual episode, mm-hmm. um, we'll go to thoughts from listeners. We only got one um, this episode, which is totally fine, because that means that all the things we said last episode were right. Ah, <laughs> good for us. And you just if you just forgot to send in your thoughts or you're too late, don't, I want to think that I'm right. <laughs> Um, so we got a SoundCloud comment from Subatomic Fox, and they said, I wonder if the Flame Keepers around the time of Shade Hedda acted as bodyguards as much as trainers. Because of the whole thing about him killing kids who might grow up to be enemies feels like a straight-up description of Nightblood's training to be commander. I get really sad sometimes thinking about all the mythology they burned down to get to the story that they're in now, but at least we have fan fiction. Yeah. I definitely agree. Like, this show feels like it kind of just has, like, a theme of, like, killing children, which I don't love, but... It's disappointing and upsetting. Yeah. (laughs) Gotta say. Mm -hmm. So, um, last episode, we were right. Uh, it is, it was a bottle episode, and basically just all of Etheria, so we're gonna be covering it, um... Chronologically. Chronologically. So I wrote down a couple of notes, um, after listening to last week's episode, or last week's podcast after watching the episode. Um, one thing that I thought was really cool that you pointed out was that Octavia is now technically older than Bellamy. Yeah. Especially after us learning that Bellamy was actually only on Etheria for three months, three, three and a half months. Mm-hmm. So that's crazy. Yeah. Cause so like, she still doesn't look older than him, but right. that's how it works. But she, she's at least five-ish years older than him because yeah. I'm assuming he was like five years five-ish old. years older than her yeah at least mm-hmm. or at the very least they're the same age yeah de- depending on their like original age gap yeah and then another thing that uh we were talking about today Brittany pointed out when we were talking about all of the mothers that have been killed by their children mm-hmm. Brittany pointed out that Bellamy also kind of inadvertently killed his mother as well yeah, and so, blames himself for her death at the very least. You know, we love a trilogy, but the trilogy apparently already happened. So do <laughs> yeah. we have to do Dioza? I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm good. Like, I'm good. Um, So like we said, we're going to do this chronologically. So I'm going to go ahead and just do my entire summary of the entire episode. Um, because we do have some friends um, who are listening without having watched the show. And we want to be able to discuss the entire episode um, without worrying about spoiling them for like later parts of the episode or anything. So I'm going to do the whole summary right now. Levitt enters the MCAP to one of his fellow conductors working on one of the disciples that was in the room when Bellamy died. Even though Anders was killed, our heroes will not be facing punishment. In fact, Cadigan has given them his living quarters to hang out in because they have the key. Levitt starts looking at the guy's memory and realizes that Bellamy went through the anomaly instead of blowing up. No kidding, really? Bellamy pops out on Etheria and is joined by the other conductor that he held hostage, whose name is Doucette. They fight, and Bellamy breaks Doucette's leg. He leaves him there for dead and goes off on adventures. He reaches a dead end, so he goes back. Doucette is not where he left him. He scooted himself into a cave. 
Bellamy joins him and realizes that he needs him, so he sets his broken leg and helps him heal, all the while just, like, talking to himself? He finds the Book of Allness in Doucette's pocket and gives her a quick read. Once Doucette's leg is healed a little better, they set off. They get to the cliff that Bellamy got to before, but now it has a name. Cadigan presumably has been to all these places and given them names. Bellamy wants Doucette to lift him up, and then Belle will help him up, but Doucette says that they need to do vice versa because of his hurt leg. Bellamy reluctantly lets him do that. He helps him up, and he doesn't throw down the rope until a few moments later. Have some faith, Bellamy! They keep, they keep going, but as they climb the mountain, the snowier and colder it gets. Doucette says that they need to find shelter, but Bellamy doesn't want to turn around. They split up. Bellamy nearly freezes to death, but Doucette found a cave and came back for him. They find a family portrait of the Cadigans and these, like, weird glowing light things. They've both read about them in the Book of Allness, and it's said that they are people who have transcended. Bellamy looks at the photo again and realizes that the shepherd is Cadigan. He tells Doucette that his shepherd is a ruse and it's just a cult, but he won't hear it. They argue about faith and love a lot, like, all episode. Over two months later, they're still arguing, and the only thing that's getting Doucette through is praying to the shepherd. I find it a little hard to believe that they haven't, like, talked at all about, like, anything in, like, two months, but they kind of just, like, act in the same rapport that they've always had. Doucette tells Bellamy that he'll teach him how to pray if he wants, and Bellamy says yes because he's cold and bored. They start to pray, and Bellamy has a vision. Maybe because of praying, and maybe because he just ate a scorpion. He hallucinates Cadigan and also his mother, who tells him to go to the light, and that's kind of it. He does, and then he wakes up in the cave again. The storm has stopped after three months just because Bellamy let the shepherd into his heart or something. They keep going, scaling cliff sides. Doucette falls, and Bellamy catches his rope. Doucette tells him to let go so that Bellamy can go on. The rope is breaking, but Bellamy recites the prayer and is able to gather the strength to save Doucette. They hug and are the best of friends. Uh, they keep going and get to the Anomaly Stone. They put in the code, but the Anomaly appears over the cliff. They have to jump to get to Bardo. Doucette does it no problem, but Bellamy is afraid. He finds the strength using the shepherd's words and jumps. They find themselves back in the stone room, and they are greeted by Cadigan. Bellamy kneels to him, now fully convinced. He's going to take him to see his friends. Clark, Gabriel, Echo, and Octavia are in Cadigan's quarters trying to figure out what to do. They're only treating them well because Clark has the key. Clark says that she'll agree to help them once everyone else is safely back on Sanctum, at which point they'll probably kill her, but at least her friends will be safe. No one really likes that plan. Cadigan enters and Clark says she'll help, but then he reveals that Bellamy is with him, still all haggard. Octavia tries to hug him, but is stopped by the disciples. Clark is allowed because she's special. She whispers in Bellamy's ear that they think she has the key, but she doesn't, and not to tell. Bellamy immediately turns and tells Cadigan exactly what he wasn't supposed to tell them. So, like, um, okay. Big yikes. Sure. So, I mean, let's get started. So, first of all, they're like, hey, we fixed the MCAP thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and the reason why it was broken is because Echo stabbed a man with it. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, Lauren, who is now covering the 100 at Telltale, uh, instead of me because I didn't want to, um, <laughs> pointed out that it's, uh... It's just really convenient that it was broken for three months, mm -hmm. and so it's taken exactly as long as it took for Clark to get here for us to realize Bellamy's not dead. Right. So, okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, this other um, conductor is named Shona, and she's also a level 11, a level 11 because that's what level you have to be at to be a conductor, and so is Doucette. Mm -hmm. Cadigan gave them his quarters because obviously he's treating them special. And she's like, that's kind of lame. And Levitt's like, but they have the key. The mm -hmm. key, though. We've been thinking about this forever. They're so special. And so this guy that they're working on, um, they say that he has um, some like remnants of PTSD from the explosion. 
and we see kind of like it in slow motion of what happened and it, they, it doesn't look like they're like holding hands or anything like Doucette may have like grabbed onto his leg or something or maybe he just like popped through like they're I don't know it was a little unclear as to how they both got through I can't believe the first person to find out that Bellamy is alive is Levitt right that's and, like that's just so anticlimactic so then like what happens because that's it and then we go to then the next time we're on Sanctum or on like does he Bardo he doesn't with Cadigan. yeah because like we don't see him like go tell Cadigan but of course he must have done right and then Cadigan was just like waiting for them in the stone room like how did he know when Bellamy was gonna show up it, <laughs> he's just like it took me three months so <laughs> like well I'll just go sit here and then if they can't dial it then I will dial it and uh, just wait yeah I don't know okay so the next thing is basically just like did Anders. I, I guess Anders put in the thing for Etheria. He put in the code for Etheria. I guess, but like, why? Like, is he just kind of, kind of trying to like keep him there for a bit? Was he gonna send him there and like force him to go on this journey anyway? Like, I I don't get it. I don't know. Because <laughs> um, he was supposed to put in Sanctum. Right. So you had the thought, like you were saying that exploring this planet could have been really cool. Yeah. But unfortunately, they spend the entire time just caring about literally one mountain. They care about one mountain. the whole last planet, apparently. They, they spend the whole time in caves and in the woods that look exactly like the woods from Earth. And I just I just think it's, it's boring. <laughs> I was also a little bored this episode because in the trailer, it looked like Bellamy had gone, been gone for like at least a year. And right. now it's like... At least he wasn't gone for, like, three afternoons, you know? Like, he was gone for, like, a couple of months, but it's just, it's but just nothing a happened in those months, like, at all. Like, I really expected more to have happened, even if they had, like, skipped around a little bit more. Like, it really felt like it was kind of just, like, here's two scenes that happened once, then a time skip, then here's two more scenes that happened at that point. And, like, I would have been totally fine if we had gotten, like, a scene from one month to the next month to the next month to the next month. Or, like, a montage of, like the the time that they spent where they like couldn't do anything Mm -hmm. i just i really enjoyed season five episode one Mm. where we spent the whole like half hour five years full full five years full half hour of the episode just with clark Mm -hmm. and it was a really compelling episode and like bob did a great job i'm i'm not gonna like it's not his fault that this episode is boring. Yeah. Like, he and the other guy have, like, good chemistry, and, like, they tried to tell an interesting, like, story with what they were given. Oh, yeah, I really like the guy who plays Doucette. Yeah. But, like, we see so much happen, and, like, Clark does so much with within that five years, and, like, I don't know. We just, it feels like so much more happens, and, like, so much more was communicated with less mm-hmm. in that episode. And then this, we have, like, the opportunity to explore a new planet. We have the opportunity to, like, have this planet be really weird and, like, trippy and have the people who transcended be, like, something other than just a ball of light standing in one spot. And we, we don't take advantage of any of those opportunities mm-hmm. in this episode. And it feels like a waste so the next like thing that we need to talk about is the time dilation in between some of the the things because mm-hmm. um, when you move to a planet that is slower, you lose your memory. So I think what they're trying to tell us is that Etheria and Bardo are on the same like happened concurrently. Yeah, because it's been like about three and a half months for Bellamy and about three and a half months. 
For Octavia. Since, yeah, for Octavia. Because, yeah, she's been on the same time that Bellamy has been. Yeah. Like, from when Bellamy died to now, Bellamy, or Octavia has been on Bardo the entire time. Mm-hmm. So, okay. But that's a little confusing because doesn't it mean it has to be, like, the exact same far away from the black hole? Because it's the black hole's the thing that's making the time right. dilation. So, like, either they're on completely opposite sides or they're, like, right beside each other because they don't seem... I, well, they I might they may just be equidistant from wherever the black hole yeah. is, like, in space. So, like, if the black hole is in the center and Earth is, like, way out here mm-hmm. or something, I don't know. And then Sanctum is, like, super, super close, question mark? I can't remember which one, Whatever. Which one is which. Close or far away, either one. And Penance is, like, way far away. Yeah. And then, or really close, depending yeah. on which one, <laughs> which one is which. And then these two, Bardo and Etheria, are just like similar, like directly across from each other, maybe, yeah. and then like equidistant from the whole. So from fastest to slowest, as far as we know right now, I'm just now realizing that when Cadigan went through to Etheria, he probably didn't lose his memory, which means that Earth is slower than Etheria. Because Earth is the only one that we don't, like, actively have, like, a... Time frame. A time frame for. So I assume it's, like, closer to where Sanctum probably is. So, like, from fastest to slowest, it's, like, Penance, Bardo slash Etheria, mm-hmm. Nakara, Sanctum, Earth is somewhere in between Etheria and... Somewhere past, like, slower than Etheria, I guess. This doesn't matter. You know what? They don't care. <laughs> they. This is. It's. It's all just a a mess, so that we can have people like either lose their memory if we need them to, or age really quickly Wait, if we need them to. It doesn't even matter because when he leaves, he doesn't lose his memory, right? So that means that if he doesn't lose his memory going to Etheria, Etheria, and he doesn't or lose back, it coming back, which so means that it has to be at the exact it has same to be time. Exact yeah. And I think that they made a point of making it clear that it was the exact same time. Well, clear is questionable. So, okay. Yeah, that's true. But they <laughs> did, like, you know, they've used three months and two months and a week and, and such. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, did Bellamy think that he killed Doucette? At first, no. I think he just thought that he had, like, wounded him enough that he wouldn't come after him. Yeah, because he, like, got knocked out, I think. And so when I was rewatching today, I thought maybe Doucette had, like, pretended to be dead so that Bellamy would stop, like, beating him up or whatever. Well, it looks to me like Bellamy was, like, at a threshold of, I can kill this guy or I can leave him here because I've clearly incapacitated him from following me. Right, and that's in character, him deciding not to kill him. Yeah. Um, they probably, in, in a similar vein to Nakara, the people of Bardo probably never go to Etheria because it's too hard to get to the stone from where they pop out. Mm-hmm. So, which is similar to Nakara. But, but also, like, why? <laughs> and what's the point of Etheria? Because Nakara has a purpose. It's like a graveyard kind of thing, right? Yeah. Or like a, what's it called? Um, Ossuarium. Ossuarium. But, like, what's the point of Etheria? And it seems like, you know, they get there and they're like, oh my god. So, like, it's like everybody hears about Etheria, but they never go there, even though, but but everybody goes everywhere else except for Earth. Etheria is exclusively for walkabouts. Yeah, I guess. So, Bellamy can't do the climb alone, and Cadigan had, like, hundreds of people with him and also climbing gear, apparently. Yeah. I don't remember seeing climbing gear with him, which just kind of makes me think that Etheria was not maybe the first one that he went to. Also, like, why did they... Uh, yeah, what order did he show up on these planets, and why did he pick Bardo as the one to stay on? And, no like, idea. Like, 
why for any of the decisions that we have made what's the reason yeah so bellamy like bends down to Doucette and he like grabs him he pretends to be asleep and then like grabs him which is something that happens in the third episode of lost so i just wanted to point that out good um and he says that he's going to fight on the shepherd's behalf because bellamy is like the reason why some disciples have died or whatever and i'm like have you met echo (laughs) also i think it's your philosophy of for all mankind falls apart when you start killing other people because they kill your people, mm-hmm. but you are supposed to care about every people. Yeah. What? So you don't actually care about every people. You only care about your people mm-hmm. because you're still trying to kill the people who hurt your people. <laughs> huh? You're no better than anyone else. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Bellamy talks a little bit about Pike later. Um, but Pike certainly didn't, didn't teach him how to set a broken leg. Nope, sure didn't. So, what are your thoughts on that? I just, we were watching the episode and I was like, I was like, I'm not mad about a Pike mention. I like no. Pike and like. I love bringbacks to Pike. Yeah. And I really love that one throwback, or the one flashback episode in season yeah, three. Yeah, oh. it's so good. And like, he, he brought an interesting dynamic to like the whole show and the whole group and and Mike Beach is a great actor, and, like, he is a delight of a human. I'm, I'm always thrilled for this kind of stuff. But um, why is it relevant to say that Pike taught him how to, like, build a fire and use tree sap as poison salve, uh, and not say that Abby Griffin taught him how to set a bone? Because, like, how did he know how... how, how you can, how, did, how did Bellamy Blake know how to set a bone? Like, did Clark teach him? I don't know. We're talking about Pike, who died in season three. We've already talked about Pike this uh, this this season. Like, yeah. like Levitt was like, oh my god, and then you killed Pike. It was great. <laughs> like, we're talking about Pike before we're talking about Kane. Yeah, Kane doesn't get mentioned at all. We are 11 episodes in, like four, 13 episodes since he died. And it's like, you wouldn't even know, like, if you started watching at 7.01 you wouldn't have known he existed. Yeah. Or even if you started watching at like seven or at six ten, like right after he died. Like you Hello? Yeah. Um, so Doucette says, Oh sweet shepherd, which I think is kinda like sweet Jesus, which mm. I think is funny. Okay, so now we have this weird shot where he's like trying to set his leg and so the guy's in pain, obviously. Uh-huh. And there's this one shot where he just like grabs his shirt and we see like a close up of him like yanking his shirt out of his pants. And, like, I what? get it was really weird. Like, it was a weird editing choice. It was a weird directing choice. Like, I get it. The guy's in pain. You're going to, like, clench your fists when you're in pain and having something bad happen to you to fix your leg. Like, that makes sense. Why this shot? Why? Now, listen. Why did it get filmed? Why did it make the <laughs> if, edit? <laughs> if they weren't being cowards. Oh, for sure. And make and didn't make Bellamy and Doucette fall in love in these last three months or whatever, which they <laughs> should have done. Oh, for sure. Then I would have got the point in which he pulls his shirt out and Bellamy and sees Bellamy's like his like, abs or like for sure. That's that's a crucial plot point in a oh, romance. No, we're stuck together in this cave Enemies for an indefinite lovers. amount of time, and I have to set your bones and nurse you back to health even though we hate each other. Oh gosh, I sure hope this doesn't awaken anything in me. <laughs> like, that makes sense. I was like, if I can't have Murphy me, I'll have Belset. Do do me. Do me. 
anyway, that shot was weird, and I yeah. don't know why it happened. <laughs> and, like, I just, like, think about, like, the directing in that moment in which they were like, hey, guy, uh, we're gonna get a shot of you pulling your shirt out of your pants, so can you just do that? <laughs> like, I want you guys to know that sometimes close-ups? when they're doing close-ups on things, sometimes you just, like, do the thing, right? You don't, you're not sure. acting in the middle of the scene. Like, sometimes if they're trying to get, like, a fist clenched or something, mm-hmm. they will simply bring the camera down there and they will have you clench your fist. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, I would not be surprised if they just brought the camera down to his crotch and were like, can you just pull your shirt out right. of your pants? And do and nothing else was happening except for him pulling his shirt out of his pants. Right. Why? I mean, like, groaning weirdly because yeah. that was half the audio of that this That might episode. be ADR. <laughs> but why? <laughs> I'm uncomfy. Yeah. So now Bellamy starts using these giant eggs as bowls, and he says, I don't want to stick around to find out where these eggs are from. And he doesn't, because we we don't don't. learn anything about these giant eggs. You know, how do we know that the light beings that they stumble upon in the other cave later Mm -hmm. are, like, actually people who transcended or whatever, and not just, like... A nesting stage of whatever giant weird bird lives on this planet and yeah. lays those big eggs. Yeah. You know? It's the pupa stage of whatever like, that is. Like, who's to say that and that's we'll not know. just, like, I'm sorry, a we'll creature never know. that lives here? So he says, thank you to Pike for teaching me earth skills because, like, I learned that there's, like, a natural antiseptic in the trees or whatever, right? Right. And so I had the thought, because later his leg heals way too fast. And I realized maybe it's because, I don't know, the antiseptic is, like, especially good here So, I was thinking when we were watching the episode, I was like, okay, so that's earth skills. Yeah. You're on etheria. Yeah. The tree sap here could be poison. Yeah. And you wouldn't know. Yeah. Also, in season six, they did the trees leave a, like, well, no, they left a Chekhov's gun kind of thing where the tree sap healed people faster like right dioza or octavia or somebody got like a huge gash oh in their right arm. yeah gabriel was like here rubbed some dirt in it and yeah. it like healed it and my crazy my craziness thought um that they were gonna use that to heal kane's wounds and he yeah. would like live um but <laughs> it never came back yeah and so are we just are we just trying to tell people that tree sap is medicine on every planet what are we doing yeah because what i was thinking when he like just stands up on his like leg and stuff this exact thing happens in season two of lost Mm -hmm. and the reason why everything heals so well in lost is because it's a magic island and i have thoughts about magic here later mostly like that this show has never been about magic Mm -hmm. it's always been about science yeah. And, like, the science is slightly weird because it's a TV show and it's science fiction and everything. And it's, like, apocalyptic. So, like, they do things that is outside of the realm of, like, reality, but yeah. not into the realm of magic. Yeah. Ma- like, like we're getting into magic now. Like, it's it's sci-fi. It's not magic. Like, and even on now Bardo. It's, now it's magic. It's yeah, even on Bardo, they show up and they say, all these people turned into crystal giants, but we figured out why. And it was, like, this chemical, right? We're still, even though this is a crazy thing... Yeah. We're still at, in science, you yes. know? And this is this episode is magic, and I don't... Yeah. I'm confused. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how this could be science at this point, but I have some more notes about that later. So, mm-hmm. Echo, last episode, was saying that the three people that Bellamy <laughs> loves or would care about or would, like, try and avenge were her, Clark, and Octavia. And I was like, well, you know, he. There, I mean, I think there's a longer list. And then Bellamy is like, nope, Echo, Clark, Octavia. Those are the only people I love. That's it. And Raven's just standing there like, huh? I'm like, 
I'm like, I'm sorry, but they're, like, Raven and Mori and Murphy were all there with you, like, on yeah, the... Yeah, they were all also part of Sky Crew. Mm-hmm. Like, Echo, Echo <laughs> is... Space Crew. Yeah, Echo is his girlfriend, and Octavia is his sister, and Clark is his, like, BFF, I guess, and that's yeah. it. Like, nobody else counts. Like, Raven shows up to Echo and is like, we're sisters, we spent so much time together, you mean a lot to me. Like, literally, like, in every sense... You would think that Raven is more important to him than Clark. Like, yeah. given canon. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm i not saying, like, you should ship whatever. Like, you are welcome to ship him with Clark. Mm-hmm. I think, go right ahead. Yes. But in canon, the content that we've been given says he cares more about Raven because mm-hmm. he slept with Raven. Yeah. He has been, has like a, like, bro friendship with Raven frequently throughout the series for six years and then they go to space and are like literally a family mm-hmm. and then they I'm like okay yeah <laughs> what <laughs> so anyway and also i really think that we're overlooking murphy i'm really sorry oh for um, sure i really think we are also like the reason reason that they even went to space is because bellamy wasn't going to like stay in the bunker mm-hmm. if they left raven out like, yeah Okay. Yeah. I will take my Braven crumbs and I will leave. <laughs> so then he starts talking to himself because he has no one else to talk to. And to be honest, it doesn't really feel like a very Bellamy thing to do. You know what I mean? Like, Bellamy has always kind of been really set in his, like, ways of, of like, sanity. Not mm-hmm. that talking to yourself makes you insane or anything, but it just doesn't really... It doesn't, it doesn't really seem like something that Bellamy would do. Right. It just doesn't seem like him. And it seems like the only reason he's doing it is so that the audience knows his like yeah, inner monologue. But like, then why didn't we do something like with Clark in 501 where we have Clark like doing voiceovers via the radio calls or... And even though he can't talk to anybody, like he could yeah. at least be like... Well, Echo, uh, you know, today's been really rough, but, or whatever, or like, hey, Octavia, like, I'm just thinking, you know, just like talking to them into the ether because, like, at least, but, but it's, he's decidedly not doing that because he says, irony is weird, Bellamy. Like, he's talking to Bellamy. Like, it's like really strange. Yeah. And, but like, like, he has that, he has that book or whatever. Yes. And like, you could have just as easily had like a set of blank pages in the back where he just starts writing notes yes. to Octavia or mm-hmm. Echo or Clark or Raven. But that, but or that would keep him. But that would keep him too tied to them. And they need at this point, by the end of the episode, he needs to be a disciple. Then it should have been. He should have been stuck here for years and yeah. not yeah three months. I uh, yeah, I have thoughts on that later as well. Man's like, I ate a scorpion once. I guess I hate <laughs> my friends now. Yeah. So this book is called The Shepherd's Passage, um, but the only other book that we've, like, heard of (laughs) is The Book of Allness. And so I've been calling it The Book of Allness, but on it it says The Shepherd's Passage. Okay, sure, whatever. How many books did this man write when he got to Bardo? Like, sure. But this kind of, this moment kind of reminded me of Sawyer from Lost, where, like, he's a bookworm, so he'll literally read anything, you know, he's Mm -hmm. stuck on this island, and he'll... Any possible thing. Like, at some point, you know, he starts stealing books from people. Right. At one point, you find him on the beach just, like, reading Judy Bloom because he doesn't <laughs> have he anything, anything else, else to, read. to read. And they're like, hey, how's your book? And he's like, well, it's predictable because it's a children's novel, you see. <laughs> um, so they think that this cave is the Cave of Ascent. And later they find out that actually the other cave is the Cave of Ascent. So, sure. Um, it seems like the book was written from Cadigan's perspective. I wonder if he did actually write it because, once again, he looks 
pretty much exactly the same as he did in the prequel yeah. um, thing. I took a picture Well, I mean, of, if you're going to sleep every night in a cryo crypt, yeah. then you're saving eight hours at least every day. So, the Cave of Ascent, though I didn't know if it's a... Of his, if its existence before I happened upon it, completely exhausted and nearly dead, I had already pondered the idea of such a place. How? I had a vision. Uh, uh. Sure, Jan. A something location that, however unlikely, whatever, it doesn't matter. Either way, he's like, I wrote this book about the Cave of Allness and I found it. And so, that you know, they have this nice moment where he's like, are you going to say thank you? And he's like, yeah, thanks for saving me for your own gain. And then later they do, like, another thank you thing, which is very nice. Yeah. Um, and then they start talking about how, like, the people of Bardo believe in peace, but they have to fight a war to, like, get to the next thing. Mm-hmm. And he says that w- he's been in wars, and wars just bring death and pain and maybe another war, which basically is just, like, Nyla and Jordan put together, which is what they've been saying all season. And then Doucette says that he thinks that it's selfish to hurt other people in the name of people that you love. And then Bellamy calls him Conductor Doucette for the first time, so it must have been, like, written in the book, you know, like, this book belongs to or something. Also... It's he so he says it's selfish to hurt other people in the name of people you love. Yeah. That's literally why he was trying to kill Bellamy when they got there. Yeah. Except the person you love is the shepherd. Right. Like you That's what Cadian wants. He wants everyone to like everyone else the same except love him extra. Like he wanted he wanted to kill this man because he's the reason that other disciples died. Like yeah. you're doing the same mm-hmm. thing. So he says that Bellamy saw the words of the book, but he didn't read them. Um, okay. So, Hey, it's a week later. Okay. <laughs> and his leg is fixed and it heals very quickly, which also is very lost. But the reason why, like I kind of thought of a sciencey way to explain it, which sure. is like the sap or whatever, because this show is rooted in science. Mm-hmm. But if I want to go the lost route, you know, it just heals quickly because it's a magic island. You yes, know? it's a magic planet. So like it kind of feels like, you know, this planet is magic for like some reason, you know, like in Lost, well, everything is rooted in magic. And so like when people say, why is this happening? Why is this happening? Sometimes the answer is just, it's a magic island and magic things happen here sometimes. But on right. the hundred, it's supposed to be rooted in science. Well, the name Etheria is also like, so she ran the Princess of Power. It is an animated series on Netflix that you should absolutely watch because it's amazing. And on She-Ra, the planet that they're on is called Etheria, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And, like, the planet they're on is called Etheria, and the whole crux of the show is, like, the bad guys are trying to steal the magic of the planet. Yeah. And, like, they have to save the planet's magic at the end of the series so that they can save all of the people. So is Etheria magic on yeah, the is it, Yeah, is, are they linked? I don't know. <laughs> so they go back to like the cliffside that Bellamy was at originally. It's called the Wall of Unanswered Prayers. Why is it called the Wall? You know what that sounds like. Mm-hmm. You know, on Twitter when they're like, "Here's your um, here's your <laughs> YA novel name." You know, and it's like <laughs> the month you were born, and then your your first name initial and your last name initial. And and Cadigan was like the Wall of Unanswered Prayers. Yo. You know, like they have nothing. Like I don't understand how that wall has anything to do with unanswered prayers. Whatever. I guess like this is where he was like praying and hoping for his family to come back maybe and, it just didn't. and they just never showed up so he's like well i deem this wall garbage <laughs> yeah. so then Doucette has to go first because of his leg and and bellamy thinks that he won't send the rope down but he does and you were you were talking about like he probably had to like put it around a tree or something like give him a little bit of time there right like they're 
this man has a bum leg, so there's no way he could just literally haul Bellamy's whole ass up this cliffside by hand. Yeah. So, like, Doucette probably walked over to the nearest tree, securely tied it around, and, and then, then got back, back and down. found Bellamy and doubting Bellamy, him. Bellamy's just like, what the hell, man? It's <laughs> like, bro, give him five minutes. Yeah. So, oh, my next note was just that the conductor pants don't look very warm. No. They look like they're made of, like, jersey, and I don't think, like, I or, just like, feel linen. like that's not going to be helpful for him later. Yeah. Um, so then he says, have some faith, and of course this is, like, I know that I can, I know that I can make everything about Lost, but, like, there's a lot of Lost things here in last episode. Like, there's this whole thing about, like, there was a whole, there's a whole entire character named John Locke who's just about having faith and leaps of faith and faith, 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 and... I don't know how... Because you don't know what's going to happen. None of us do. It's why it's called a leap of faith, John. You don't have to be alone. It's just like the power of faith is all they're talking about this right. episode. So, Did we get an answer for where they got their winter wear? No, I don't think so. Because I was sitting here, I was just like, because you, you pointed out the pants. Mm-hmm. And... He's still wearing his conductor pants. Yeah. But, like, at no point do we see them, like... Kill an kill animal. An animal yeah. and, like, the take... only animal we see is the scorpion. Right. We don't see them kill an animal. Other we than the eggs. We don't see other animals, like, that exist mm-hmm. other than the eggs. Like, am I supposed to believe that they killed an animal, ate it for three months, and then Bellamy was like, well, I don't want to go back down where the animals are, and so I'll just eat this bug now. Yeah. And, like, am I also supposed to assume that he knew how to sew as well, like, on top of Octavia knowing how to sew? Um, like, it's not a, it's not too far of a leap, but am I supposed to assume that Bellamy built these outfits from animals that they killed that we never saw? Yeah. Or they just, did they just find coats in the cave of mysteries or whatever so he says that the shepherd found remnants of the civilization that had truly transcended and bellamy likens the story of the shepherd to greek myths because you know bellamy and greek myths so he talks (laughs) about the rolling a boulder up the hill which was sisyphus and wearing wax wings to go to the sun which is icarus and so he also talks about how the snow rages for months so i guess that's also in the book and so they should seek shelter like the shepherd did. So Doucette goes back to find shelter, and Bellamy is stupid and literally almost dies. He's like, screw you, I'm not wasting time by, like, choosing to be safe and smart and, you know, all these other things that I used to be. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna just march blindly into this snowstorm and die. And so he says, I'm not afraid, which is the thing that he always says, basically. Yeah, and he, like, taught Octavia how to say it because he didn't want her to be afraid when mm-hmm. she lived under the floor. And it's like, aw, call back. So when Doucette goes back for him, it's been, it's, like, morning again. So it's been, like, all night until yeah. he finds him. And so, yeah, he, as soon as he finds it, he comes back. And this kind of made me think, like... Doucette is supposed to be teaching Bellamy to care for the collective. I don't know in what way. Like, it really feels like he's kind of just teaching him to care for just the shepherd and then the collective will come later or something. Um, But Bellamy, I thought, was, like, kind of teaching him how to care for, like, one person. Mm -hmm. You know, like, Doucette Yeah, like, you would think it would come across... Like, you think... Doucette would have the change of heart rather than Bellamy because, like... That's the good right way, I think. Right. Like, and logically, you're like, oh, now I have a special connection with you, so I do care about you more. Yeah. 
than other people. Like, like you should, you should care about all people. Mm-hmm. But it is also okay to care about some more than others because you love them. Yeah, and like, that, that's the thing that bothered me is that I was like, oh, like, Bellamy's, like, getting him to care about him, and then he'll understand. And then later he's like, so the reason why I came back for you is because I have to care for everybody. Like, I don't like you. Like, I'm, le- I'm like, emotionally I'm, obligated. I'm <laughs> obligated to come, to go back and get you because I want to save everybody, um, because it's a test, and they're testing me. Even though I don't like you, I still saved you, and so I'm going to be, like, rewarded or whatever. Even though I was trying to kill you 20... Like, oh, yeah. whatever. But also, my other thought here is Bellamy mentioning, like, all the Greek myths and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, that makes me think that Bellamy is, like, smart enough to not fall for this, like, mumbo-jumbo, mm-hmm. because... He, like, he, he knows about mythology and, like, religious stories and, like... And he knows for a fact that Cadigan's a cult leader. Yeah, and he knows that these types of things exist to, like, teach a lesson and, like, help people grow or, like, you know, to, like... It's, it's, it's usually to teach a lesson. Like, Greek myths are to teach a lesson. And he knows Cadigan is a cult leader. He knows that this is a story that a man made up. And that this is a real human person, not a god. Okay. And yet. I've got something. The thing is that, like, Bellamy prays for, like, one, maybe two days. Sure. You know? Like, that's the thing that I find the most ridiculous, Mm -hmm. is that he is able to completely go against every single person he's ever loved because his mom told him to touch some light. Like, yeah. his mom basically said nothing to him except for go towards the light. Like, that's like, it. There's there's no... She doesn't teach him a lesson. She doesn't, like, point him in the direction of, like, of, like something that we see change in him. She literally is just like, ah, oh, my son I haven't seen in, like, ten years because I'm dead. And then he touches the light, and then... That's it. And that's it. Nothing happens when he touches the light. And then, like, he has, like, two different trials that he goes through in which he uses, like, the strength of the words of the shepherd. But, like, knowing Bellamy, should he not be like, okay, well, like, thanks, but that doesn't mean that he's, like, all-knowing and, like, was watching over me at the time or whatever. the shepherd didn't didn't pull him up off the cliff. You did. Yeah. Like, it was your sheer adrenaline and, like, force of will that, that saved the other guy, not... So here's, here's my thing about what would have made sense. Okay. More, okay? Mm-hmm. This is what they should have done. They should have made Etheria go slower than, uh, than Bardo in the first place. Mm-hmm. Maybe even just a little bit slower. So, like, he's only gone for, like, six months instead of three, okay? So he goes to Etheria. He's lost his memory mm-hmm. because it's slower, okay? He's lost his memory, and then he spends six months learning about the shepherd, and he doesn't know... I don't know how much of his memory he, he loses. Because he won't lose the stuff from Earth, right? Right, yeah. Like, I don't know how much of it he he loses or whatever, but, like, he's lost a little bit of it. So he, like, you know, he spends those six months loving the shepherd. Then when he gets back to Bardo, he gets some of that back. But at this point, he's, like, so entrenched in the shepherd. Like, that would make sense to sure. me. Sure. Because he's, you know, the fact that he spends... Like, all three months, basically, being like, no, I'm fighting for my friends. I need to get back to my friends. I need to get back to my sister. I need to get back to my family. And then, like, one thing happens. And then his and he dead mom. His complete, and he completely changes his mind and goes against every single person he's ever loved. Like, we needed to put more work in here. Yeah. Um, I so. just, I don't buy it. And yeah. I think it's cheap. It, it's cheap writing to get Bellamy on the wrong side. 
And, like... That's season three. He was already on the wrong side. Yeah. And, like, honestly, I had problems with the writing in season three, but I have way more with this. Mm -hmm. So... We get into the actual cave of Ascent, and we see, you know, the magic things and everything. Before that, Bellamy finds the Cadigan family photo, and I think this is the photo that Cadigan picked up at the end of the um, prequel, so potentially either he's carried this with him to multiple planets, or this is the planet that he first went to, mm-hmm. and, he, and I don't know what made him leave it. I kind of had the thought that maybe it was like a sacrifice or something to like these gods or whatever, like people who had transcended. Are we still in the know. cave of unanswered prayers as well? Like, is this the same No, cave? that was the wall of una- unanswered prayers. This is the cave of... But those are separate caves. That's right. The cave of the wall Ascent. Of- the cave of Ascent was, like, way back there, and they thought it was the cave of Ascent, but this is actually the cave of Ascent. And the one... And that was the, the wall of unanswered the prayers. The wall of un- or- unanswered prayers is in the other cave, though. It wasn't in the cave. Oh. They left the cave, and then they went towards the thing. You know how, like, Bellamy got here and then he like punched him and then he mm-hmm. walked for a while to oh. get to the wall of unanswered prayers and then he went back to the cave to find Doucette and then they walked back to the wall of unanswered prayers they've gone up 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 now they found the actual cave of ascent okay my bad i was um for some reason it's we have we have several windows in our apartment and this show is has is lit by a single candle so <laughs> that's my my other problem is that this show is very very dark and this episode they have snow upon snow upon snow to bounce light off of and it's still dark like they choose to put them in a cave they choose to make them walk at night yep when they ugh, i can't so anyway i was <laughs> thinking that maybe he left the photo as a sacrifice And then I was like, why wouldn't he leave it at the altar that they're at? And so I thought maybe they moved because there seems to be multiple altars. Like he puts it down on like a table looking thing. And then later they walk up and there's a table looking thing in front of them again. And so I was like, supposed to be the same table? I'm confused. Anyway. Yeah. What is this light up stuff? This show was never about magic. I mean, maybe he left the, maybe he left the picture there because he thought that the light beings would like conjure his family or something. Yeah. I have, I have words about the light beings. Mm-hmm. I've already gotten into a bit of it with like, this could just be a weird bird that lives here and this is a normal <laughs> stage of its life. But <laughs> imagine out they're just like, oh my God, the beings that have transcended. And the bird's <laughs> like, meh. So we see, we, we've now been given two like types. What happens when you go into the light of the stone and you are either like, you either ascend or you turn into a crystal giant because of Gym 9 or whatever. Or you come back and you're praying on your knees like Becca or something. Exactly. The one, the one person who's just like, okay, well, you can go back. You can have some more time. Yeah. <laughs> so what makes the glowing light people a better end result than the giant rock people? You know what I mean? Like, we're assuming... we're. Cadigan is making assumptions that these people, like, had the right answer and they were pure and, like, they ascended and, like, just have gone on to, like, higher places and all of the... And I'm like, you're assuming that. You don't know what happens to the people inside the rocks. Like, they could just be frozen in time. They could, like, they could have also ascended and that's just how their bodies change on this planet. (laughs) It's just... What what makes becoming a glowing light person better than becoming a crystal rock person? We don't have proof. You know? So, yeah. On Lost, one of the main themes is science versus faith. And, um, like, Jack is mainly a man of science. Locke is the man of faith, right? 
and you have men of science and men of faith throughout the entire show. And it feels like right now this show is trying to transition from science to faith in its final season, Mm -hmm. which is kind of weird because even though what's really cool about Lost is that Jack and Locke start as science and faith, respectively. Yeah. But, but by the end, they've switched. Yeah. And it's really cool because they've always had, like, that part of each of themselves. And, you know, they learn from each other. And mm-hmm. it's really cool. Um, but this show never really had, like, that that faith or magic element. Um, no. Because last season, it was, like, the whole thing with the body snatching. There's a little bit of body snatching on Lost as well. But that's magic because it's a magic island. Right. But this, it was still rooted in science because they were like, we had this thing. We had and then this we technology this and then we, we used it to, to become this, immortal. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, for me, it's just, like, I know that you're trying to tell me that, like, this is what happens when you're a good person, and this is what happens when you're a bad person. Bad people love other people. Right. And you're just, like, but I'm just looking at it, and I'm like, you're not giving me a reason for that, for either of these beings. Like, I don't know anything about the Bardoans, and I don't know anything about the Ethereans that, like, led them to their respective Mm -hmm. fates. Other than what this cult leader has assumed about them after they're, like, gone on to another place. So, I don't buy it. I'm not, I'm not buying what you're selling. And it doesn't make sense and you haven't made me care. Yeah. So, Doucette says that these beings are with the civilization that ascended, imprints of their energy, their mortal forms arisen. Sure, whatever. Um, And Bellamy still doesn't believe it, which, same. Uh, And Doucette's like, even though you've seen proof, even though you see proof right here, I'm like, this isn't proof of anything. You're on an alien planet. That that could, it could be a plant. Yeah. (laughs) So it's been days later. They don't have any food, but they have, but there is lichen on the wall that they can eat. And so algae, uh, Bellamy's just back to algae. Uh Um, They say that the shepherd survived three months in this cave, which I guess is basically the same amount of time that they're doing. So like, I wonder, I'm like, is what stops the storm the higher power realizing that Bellamy has now prayed? Or did the storm stop coincidentally because it's been because three months? Because it stops every three months. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> so my question was, if, if you know, Cadian talked a lot about, like, believing in a higher power and believing he was chosen not by God, but by something. Um, and I was wondering if maybe this journey is what kept, made Cadigan believe in the higher power because it's doing the same thing for Bellamy. Mm-hmm. Um, so then he says, from the ashes we will rise, and Bellamy realizes that Cadigan is the one, and they talk about um, how uh, he's a cult leader and a con man, and Doucette says that he predicted the world's end and brought his people safely across the stars. And you know what? That's kind of dope. Yeah. Like, that is something. Like, sure, that sounds super neat, but, like, and, like, that is what he did, but then he's also, like... A cult leader who manipulates his power and, like, forces the people he brought across the stars to worship him. Yeah. So, let's talk about the episode titles that we got um, recently this week. I'm not really super... I'm I'm not really into taking the time currently to, like, talk about the other ones. But the finale um, is called The Last War. Stupid. Um, you know, and all of the replies of that were, why is it not May We Meet Again? In, right. In our trailer podcast, we predicted it was going to be called May We Meet Again, and I thought even maybe it would be called We Will Rise, because... Right. Either um, of those are better. Because the first episode of season seven was called From the Ashes, and he says here, From the Ashes We Will Rise. Right. And so That's... I thought, 
we will rise or maybe meet again would both be or even your fight is over or like something like that you know yeah. um, like but the last war has nothing to do with anything and it's just about violence which they know that we don't care about <laughs> yeah like the like maybe meet again would make the most sense like emotionally for the show because mm-hmm. that's been a thing since like literally day one yeah that's it's like a crucial like sky crew this is who we who we started the show with this is their mantra and their like belief system that we'll end on but it's not that um also we will rise would have made sense because that's like a hopeful like and that came in season four so even came in in season four it's been here for a while it's like also deeply connected to cadigan and the cult and like all of that so you could even loop it in there but it's the it's called the last war and like War is the number one thing that most hundred fans that I know of complain about because, like, we just waste time every season with, like, a land war or, like, war for, like, my people versus your people. And I'm just like, so every season has a war, and so I understand why it's called the last war because this is the final season, and so it's going to be, like, the final war that, like, we see or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, like... God, at what cost? Like, can we not make... Like, why are we making it... Like, should not the finale be about the characters? Right. And the people that they... Like, I I mentioned this already, but, like, Michael Emerson talked about the finale of Lost being, like, you know, when Lost started, it was, like, something exploding out, and in the final season, you bring it back, you know? Mm -hmm. And, God, it's just, like, it's exploding farther. Yeah. And we need to bring it back. Like, yeah, with that metaphor, every season of The Hundred... Instead of bringing the pieces back together, it's like the pieces are trying really hard to like crawl back to like put each other back together. And like every season, a new bomb drops and they break into smaller pieces and like get further away. And like it, it just, yeah, I'm sad. If each of the pieces are the characters, yeah, you know? and then you know, and then we get new pieces that shatter off from other things, and and that's fine. But at the end, we got to bring them together. And, and then we right just, now it doesn't feel like we are. And then we just annihilate some pieces, or some pieces get lost, or like you know, like are you going to tell me that we're going to have the last war, which is actually a test, apparently, mm-hmm. and Clark's going to go and she's going to take the test, and everyone on Bardo is going to transcend, and Murphy and Amori are going to die alone on Sanctum? Like, is that what you're telling me? Also, where's <laughs> Gaia? <laughs> right. And, like, when Clark takes the test, is that for, like, literally all living human beings left in the galaxy? Like, or who's it for? Does it also affect the people on Sanctum or, like, anyone left on any other part of the world and Earth that we just didn't ever travel to? Yeah. Um, that we just assumed were dead again? Like, <sighs> well, does that affect Gaia on some unknown planet where yeah. we still haven't seen We've her? We've been to every planet now and we have not seen Gaia. Like, we don't know where she is. We haven't seen Gaia and we don't know who's turning off stones and we don't know if people on sanctum are ever gonna see their friends again yeah so bellamy says that the civilization in the book is supposed to have like the tech know-how to work the stone but they lived in caves and Doucette like kind of just like brushes him off about that he's like and what about it um and bellamy says that he will believe in what he can prove and so um Doucette asks him to prove his love for his family and he says that he can't prove it but he knows that they're worth fighting for um also like He's proving it by trying to get back to them. Yeah. Like, what do you... Exactly. Because here's he- the thing. <laughs> Every other giant time jump that we've had has been like, don't give up. Fight for your family. Fight so you can see your family again. Fight so they can see you again and know that you're safe and fight for your family. And this is so important because you love your family and you love the other characters. You love all the little pieces that exploded out at the beginning. Yeah. Even though half the pieces are dead. And But now he's going, don't fight for your family. Fight for the shepherd. 
and he's getting brainwashed. This is so sad. You have five episodes left to fix Bellamy, and I don't have, I, I just don't have faith <laughs> that you can do it. And so, so now another thing that I wanted to bring up was, I mean, the main character of Lost is named Jack, but his last name is Shepard, and um, <laughs> his father's name is Christian Shepard, so we call him Jesus Jesus, because his name's <laughs> yes. Christian which is Jesus, and Shepherd, which is Jesus. Uh-huh. So um, the reason why Cadigan was literally like, call me Jesus. Um, and <laughs> so, I mean, I know that the reason why Jack is called Jack Shepherd is because Shepherd is supposed to be about, like, Jack kind of being, like, a Jesus figure. Sure. And so, like, obviously, it doesn't necessarily have to be an homage because Shepherd is just kind of like a thing for Jesus. So that right. could be what it is. I'm just saying you've got a lot of lost stuff this uh, this entire show. So, so. Doucette says that love is not the problem, it's how you love, and that you have to love all people equally, even Bellamy. He loves even Bellamy, who is a stranger. Next episode is called The Stranger, so we get another kind of, like, Bellamy-centric episode, I guess. Yeah, like, it makes sense because now Bellamy is back, and he's going, he was a stranger to Doucette, but now he is going to be a a stranger to to the people who love him. Yeah. Because... He doesn't have his brain anymore. He left it on Etheria. So like I said before, he saved him as a test so that it doesn't say that he has any preference or like not preference for anyone. Um, So then we go at least two months into the future and he eats a scorpion uh, because it's been like two months. He says, I lost count after two months. And then it was like that one week at the beginning and those few days last time they were in the, you know, it's like basically been, been there about three months and I just have a hard time believing that they're going to have the same conversations over and over again. Like at no point is Bellamy like, I'm really bored. Can you tell me about your childhood? You know, like at no point is Doucette going to be like, so what's your sister like? Right. You know, like, like what? Like it's been two months and you guys don't talk. Like they, that's the thing that the hundred does is because it like, it's like, Ooh, all of this time has passed. These people have been in, in this bunker or the only two people left on earth or blah, blah, blah. And like, then they come up against a conversation that they've somehow never had during this time frame. Yeah. And I'm supposed to believe, like, I don't, I can't remember specifically what it was, but there was something that, like, oh, <laughs> at the beginning of this season, Clark is like, I'm not dead, I'm right here. I'm like, you know her mom died in Shallow Valley. Like, you've had this conversation. Like, yeah. she had, and it's just like, they, they, <laughs> they make things... They, they cram stuff into places just to make it, like, push their story in a certain direction instead of, like, it being organic in any way. Yeah. So Doucette tells Bellamy that the reason why he's suffering is because he's being obsessed with his family. So, like, he's upset these last three months because he misses his family. And Doucette's like, I'm fine. I have friends on Bardo, but I don't care about any of them special. So right. I'm just hanging out. And they probably don't miss me either. You know what I mean? <laughs> Um, and he says that he's fe- he feels lighter than he's ever been. And he asks if... he said Bellamy says, you believe in the shepherd. What did the shepherd believe in? And he says that he believed in the bond that unites them all. And that he will help show him if he wants. And Bellamy's, you know, super bored. And, and I think in the script to screen, it said that, you know, he was kind of jealous of, like, how serene he was when he was, like, so... Um, just, like... Meditating, basically. Re- wrenched away by, like, just so oh, upset yeah. all the time. Um, and so he says, okay... And yeah, my, my thing is that like he like, and then when they get to Bardo, it's been like what two days mm-hmm. since he started even praying. Um, so he tells him to close his eyes and breathe. And this is just theater school. Yeah. And Bellamy knows the words. So they just say it together. Um, dude needs lip chap though. Yikes. Oh, for sure. 
Um, and so now he's like warm and he's in the outfit that he came here in. And my question is like, is Doucette so pleased because he's like in this warm place all the time? Like, what does he see when he's like praying? You know what I mean? Okay. Um, so then he sees Cadigan. And the main question is like, is this from Bellamy's mind? Or is it like the planet giving him this this illusion? Illusion? Or my mom, we were talking to my mom today and she asked if it was a simulation. Right. Or something, and that they got Aurora from Octavia's memories. So, like, I, like, I don't know. Like, is Bellamy imagining this and Cadigan saying that swords and guns are just pieces of metal and the true weapon is faith and he gets to see his mom? Like, is this, is this, does he, I guess he believes that Cadigan is giving him these visions. Like, is that what we're supposed to believe? Is that Cadigan like that is giving Like, Cadigan has, like, blessed him with seeing his mom again? Yeah. Because he's there, right? Yeah. So yeah, Cadigan says that the swords and guns are just pieces of metal, but I couldn't see any of it. Like, I had to wait to the script to screen to figure out what the heck he was talking about because it was so dark. Well, like, <laughs> I wh- couldn't see were it. Were there even in, like, were there swords I didn't and see guns them. and stuff there? Like, I didn't see I didn't even see, see them the second time I watched, so I don't know, but. I don't. But that's what he was talking about, I assume, because that's what it was in the script screen. Yeah. Um, so then Aurora is there. I, it's really cool that they got the same actress back. Yeah, Um, like, this could have been so neat and, like, such a, like, you could have convinced me that Bellamy, like, is a true believer now if his mother had, like, said something really important and profound to him or, like, made a difference in, like, how he perceives it, but she literally just stands there she says my son and then she says go to the light bellamy the light is the way that's it and like that's that's not profound enough to get him to believe all this stuff yeah like and and also when i read the script to screen she doesn't have any lines like they must have added that later because that was not in the script why wouldn't you give her any lines she didn't have any lines at all no like she was just there (laughs) Like, they added lines like for how, her. Like, how was that supposed to convince me then, you know? Like, how am I supposed to believe that this is such a profound experience for Bellamy that, like, he changes his entire belief system to now, like, go yeah. against his friends and, like, pray to the shepherd and believe in all mankind? I don't like it. No. <laughs> so my next question was, how long was he inside the prayer? Because... The, the weather is significantly different when he gets out. And that would kind of make sense for me that Bellamy's like, oh, I lost count after two, after two months. Like, how, what, how long has it been? He doesn't answer, you know? Like, I wonder if, like, the prayer takes up a lot of time. So, like, every time Bellamy talks to him, he, like, wakes up and he's like, oh, your beard is longer, my beard is longer. That's crazy. <laughs> like, how long, like, how does time pass differently inside the prayer? I don't know. Well, that's what I would have thought. But then doesn't um, Doucette say... Well, look at that. The first time you decide to pray and the sun comes out. Yeah, in three months or... Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's like, I think it's supposed to be the morning after he prays. I thought it was, like, the moment after he gets out of the prayer. And then they walk Well, like, that's how they edit it. They, like, edit it like the sun comes out the minute he has touched the light. But I'm wondering if... Like, I would buy it more if there's a flashback that we're going to see mm-hmm. for, like, what Bellamy saw when he touched the light. Yeah. You know? Also, Murphy supposedly went to hell last year. <sighs> so. Yeah. What is that? Does that have anything to do with this? Is that going to come back at all? Probably not. Also, <laughs> on Sanctum, I don't know if I said this last week or not, but I did have the realization. On Sanctum, there's supposed to be a, a solar eclipse every Month. month 
that makes people go cuckoo bananas <laughs> and kill each other. And um, we haven't had one of those in a while. And, like, we know that they don't have, like, a cure for it or a way to stop it. Yeah, didn't they just, like, don't they, they just, just like, walk go, away? They go underground. Yeah. And we also haven't seen the, like, underground... Okay. It was, like, Riker's Keep or something that they hung out. Whatever. Yeah. So, now they're both worthy. And you know what? I would be really pissed if I was Doucette. I'd be like, I've been worthy. <laughs> and I've had to wait for this guy? Lame. So, um, they're gonna keep going past Nightfall because they can't really go back at this point. And he... And Bellamy's like, have faith, Doucette. And I'm like, whatever. I'm just like, so they're, I believe. Yeah. So, they're climbing up. Doucette falls and the rope almost breaks. Um, and Doucette says to let him go because he put his book in Bellamy's pocket or in his bag and he also put the code so that Bellamy could get to Bardo. Did Doucette like expect to die? Also like did he expect Yeah if you if you did all of that that shows that you're valuing Bellamy's life over your own. Yes. So okay here's another question I had. Does Doucette have a first name? Um, because Levitt and Anders also seem like they're last names and they might be called by the last names. I do believe that Anders said Mr. Levitt when, like, we met Levitt. Yeah. Um, and maybe the others, I can't remember the characters' names, um, like, Jonathan from the from Riverdale and everything. I right. can't remember their names. I don't think um, but, but that might be part of, like, everybody goes by their last name, which might be part of, like, the reason why he says, call me Bill all the time. But then also, like, why do we have last names? If we're, if we're a cult... Where we only care about each other. And we're all, like, kind of related to each other. And, like, we only care about the collective because we all just come from test tubes and, like, we don't, we're not supposed to have individual bonds to literally any other living person except for the shepherd. Why do we have names at all? Like, why are we not just, like, number 34759, you know? Yeah. Why aren't we just, like, number 24601, you know? So he prays through saving Doucette and, you know, they have, like, a moment up at the top where he's like, you should have let me go. And he's like, I didn't want to or whatever. I'm like, this is where the kiss happens. Exactly. Like, this is the moment, you know? And, like, the way, like, Doucette looks at Bellamy, I'm just like, so are we going to do something here or right. no? And they were like, no, sorry, we're cowards. So. And, like, they have so much, like, chemistry and, like, a, if this were the fanfic we talked about earlier, yeah. this is where they would have kissed. Yeah. So then they get up to the top and they see the green light and I just thought, like, what if they got all the way up here and it just ended up being Aurora Borealis. Like, it just ended up being the Northern Lights and they were like, oh, guess right. we'll, like, go back down and find the actual anomaly stone. Mm-hmm. Also, like, speaking of that fanfic earlier, they literally did the cuddle for warmth in a cave mm-hmm. trope. Yeah. And they were like, like y'all aren't gonna have them kiss? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and also, like, why... I guess you can see the anomaly at the bottom of the lake in Penance, right? So it sure. makes sense that the anomaly is, like, going at the top of the mountain, even though no one's going through it? Yeah, like, it... Because the one on Sanctum as well is oh, right. always there. Right. It just, like, flares up when you dial a specific right. place okay. and it, like, expands outward. Because so then what that, about Nakara? It reached, it reached Gabriel Gabriel's yeah cave went or tent when Hope showed up right. But then what about Nakara? Like, is that giant animal not just like constantly going through? Like, uh, whatever. So um, I guess Cadigan and everyone who he was with like full on jumped to get also, to get like, in. Like they just did it. That's a good point. Like why don't why doesn't the animal go anywhere? I don't know. <laughs> if the whole thing like consumes the yeah. space that it's in. Like, shouldn't the giant rock monster have come with them onto Bardo? Also, how did Cadigan and co. figure out the next stone code? Yeah. To get, like, where did they hang out while they tried to break the code? Like, did did Becca have all of them in her notebook? 
Or just I don't one. think so. So then Doucette just jumps off, and it kind of reminded me of something, and I realized, you know, Charlotte has jumped jumped off a cliff in this show but it also like super reminded me of dave on lost you know that the concept of like going backwards and like putting your arms out that happened on lost mm-hmm. um it was, mean, it was very like obvious like leap of faith trope yeah here like because, literally like, a leap of faith bellamy literally has to jump off a cliff yeah. to prove his faith to get like back to the shepherd mm-hmm. so he admits that he is afraid which i liked this moment yeah i um, like that growth for him not yeah. the rest of the growth, but that one. <laughs> and he jumps, and when they get back, um, he and Doucette, like, hug, and it's, I'm like, hello? Hello? Oh, boyfriends! Um, and then Cadigan is there, and, like, as much as I appreciate, like, the absurdity of Bellamy going and kneeling uh, kneeling to, to Cadigan, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's kind of like that moment where, you know, did you watch Aladdin as a kid and like yeah. Jafar is with Jasmine and you're like kind of you're kind of like but what happens if Jasmine is like yeah what's up Jafar you know right. what I mean like you ever watching something and you're like I shouldn't want it to happen but I want to see what does but, like what happens if, if it, it does. does happen so like you know I kind of liked that like not for <laughs> for in actuality right but, like you know that moment where it's like, ooh, is he going to do it? He's going to, oh my God, he does it. Oh my God. Uh-huh. You know, ooh, that's interesting. But like in the long run, I don't like it. Um, <laughs> but but my main question is like, it doesn't feel like Cadigan comes out of cryo very often. Like it feels like, oh, yeah. or else he'd be dead by now, you know? Sure. Um, so like, is Doucette not like, oh my God, that's, that's my God. That's the shepherd. Holy crap. Oh my shepherd. You're, oh shepherd, my shepherd. You're my shepherd. <laughs> Oh my god. Like, he just stands in the back and he's like, true, that's my shepherd. Looks like, oh, you found See, it. I'm, I'm like, just, hello? I'm so proud of you, Bellamy. Like, just kneeling to the shepherd and all. And I'm like, are you not excited? Is this not also the first time you've seen the shepherd? <laughs> Why are you kneeling? You think I'm forgetting about Doucette? Uh-uh. I don't think so. Is this a scam? <laughs> like, don't they, don't, like, do they see him all the time? Because they probably consider him immortal. Right. For sure. Yeah. But, like, he's not. So, like, he has to worry about, like, when he's going in and out of cryo, I think. Yeah. Um, so he kneels. So Bellamy kneels for him, and he says, call me Bill, like he always does. Um, at this point, it's kind of getting to be a lot, and I don't know if I need hit to hear him say, call me Bill, to anybody else. <laughs> he does it a lot. So Cadigan talks about how he, like, heard you guys came from Etheria, and I want to hear all about it. Has Like, that kind of sounds like he hasn't been there, right? Right. Or, like, has, has it just been so long that he's like, ooh, what happened there? Like, it's tell me. Give me the tea. The way and he I'm like, said it, I was like... two of them. Yeah, the way he said it made it seem like, ooh, I've never been. I want to hear about it. You know? And I'm like, then who wrote the freaking book? Or, like, I haven't been in so long. Like, I want to know what your experience was. Yeah. Like, what happened? Of course I want to see your Disney vacation photos. Read me the fanfic of how you two got together. So, we finally get to Clark. <laughs> Clark and Gabriel and Echo and uh, Octavia. Octavia are here. And if you can only have four out of the eight characters you have here, mm-hmm. Clark, Octavia, and Echo obviously need to be on the list because that's the three people that Bellamy loves or whatever. The only three. No one But else. Gabriel over Raven? Like, was Gabriel just there so we could make that, like, repeated joke about him eating all the time? 
Because, like, I did like that joke because I like that there's this through line of him, like, eating all the time. Because we definitely didn't have that in season six. No. You know? So, like, I really like this through line. Reminds us, you know, they spent five years together and it's yeah. really nice. Sure, but, like, it's funny. It's cute. But, well, I, but Gabriel didn't add anything enough to the scene for me to be like, oh, Gabriel should be here other than Raven. Like, maybe it happens at the beginning of next episode or something. But right. I was just really confused about Gabriel being there. Yeah, Raven would have made so much more sense to me. Yeah. Because, like, Raven also would have, like, stood up and, like, gone towards him like Echo and yeah. Octavia and Clark all do. And, like, Gabriel's just, like, sitting there with his chicken nuggets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all got any plum sauce? Just <laughs> So they talk about how they would be in cells, but they need them for something, obviously. And that's the same thing that happened before when they were, like, in nicer cells. And Echo's like, they need us to because they want us to be, like, their soldiers or whatever. Mm-hmm. So Clark tells them their pl- her plan, and they don't like it. Um, they bring in Bellamy. Octavia's not allowed to hug Bellamy, but Clark is because they need to make Clark happy, basically. Um, well, they... <sighs> The only reason that Clark is allowed to hug Bellamy is because we need Clark to whisper in his ear so that he can betray her. And the reason why Clark can be special is because she has the key. So that's what they did to make it. It's just, it's just clunky and like not satisfying emotionally. Like I love that Clark gets to hug Bellamy, but like so should Octavia. Yeah. Like she's his sister. She watched him die. Yes. And also Bellamy has been dead to Octavia for like three and a half months. Echo and Gabriel, Bellamy has been dead to him for like for like three months. And for Clark, Bellamy has been dead for like two days. Right. For Clark, maybe. Yeah. It's been maybe a couple hours for Clark. Yeah. Like, like Clark hasn't even gone to sleep, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Octavia, Octavia spent 10 years away from Bellamy where she thought she would never see him again. And then she then watched him die. Then sees him again and watches him die right in front of her. And she's not allowed. Okay. Like, whatever. Yeah. Okay. So, of course, Clark trusts Bellamy with the plan. Like, of course she does, because she has no reason to think that he would go against her. Right, and of like, course, they're best know, friends, and, like... And he might have, like, an extra idea or something, I don't know. And he immediately goes against her. Yeah. And I, I thought this was inter- an interesting parallel, because Echo did the exact same thing to Hope, you know? Mm. But it turned out that she was... A double-double agent. Yes, but... Double-double. <laughs> but the stakes were lower, Oh, yeah. You know, and these these stakes are very, very high. And so that's how you know that, unlike Echo, Bellamy's not faking it. Yeah. And so we see in the trailer that Bellamy has become a conductor. How do, how do you get to level 11? After one prayer. No. I, no. And then he, yeah. Wait, so is he a conductor or is he just like rifling through Clark's memories? In the trailer, he's wearing the conductor's outfit. He's wearing the white outfit. It's... And you know what else makes that weird? Is that they were like making Levitt kind of Bellamy-ish all yeah. season. Mm-hmm. And now Bellamy looks just like Levitt. And I'm like, Ugh. I'm like, this is uncomfortable <laughs> for Octavia. Yeah. And also for me, because yeah. that's weird. Mm-hmm. Can we move on to segments? Yeah. Okay. So we're going to move on to segments now. Our first segment is the post-apocalyptic Sasquatch, which is our favorite line award. Um, I think I'm the only one who has one because, to be honest, this episode was not funny. Um, no. And so I chose the only funny line, I think, <laughs> which was uh, Doucette and Bellamy saying, You keep going up, you're going to die. Well, at least I won't have to hear about the shepherd anymore. True. I feel the same way when yeah. some people talk to me as well. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, well... At least I'll be done with you and this garbage. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, my first segment is, did anyone mention Kane or Abby this week? Nope, sure didn't. 
But I'm going to assume that Abby Griffin taught Bellamy how to set a broken bone. But they did mention Pike? They sure mentioned Pike. <laughs> and I'm like, I'll take, I, I, I guess I'll take it. I, I don't have any other choice. Uh, my next <laughs> segment is the most valuable protagonist award. And I have no idea who to choose for this week's MVP. I'm mad at Bellamy. Doucette's the one who made Bellamy garbagey. So <laughs> I'm giving this week's MVP to Aurora Blake. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, there's no MVP this week. I don't... Like, Doucette made Bellamy garbage. This week's MVP... Bellamy is garbage. Is that Scorpion? Yes! That's exactly what I was going to say! <laughs> the Scorpion is this week's MVP. I love it. Thanks, thanks, buddy. Thanks for keeping <laughs> Bellamy alive. Good job. Garbage-y. Good job. And my other segment is, what is Sam shipping the most this week? I guess I gotta give it to um, Bellamy and Doucette, <laughs> because, like, they really just lived out a fan fiction. Doucette-me! <laughs> lived out a fan fiction that just didn't follow through what would uh, you tag that fan fiction as (laughs) enemies to friends mutual pining (laughs) just what what's the what's the male version of gal pals oh yeah because that's what they got gal palled yeah but i'm also gonna give an honorable mention comfort (laughs) yeah uh, I'm gonna give an honorable mention to, um, Bellamy and Raven out of spite. Sure. <laughs> because I shipped it in, like, season one, and, um, I'm still here. Yeah. Um, our last segment is how many episodes since the last murder? This episode was good for one thing, which is that there was no murder. <laughs> so, uh, it's been one episode since the last murder. I, I feel like there aren't a lot of the hundred episodes where you can say nobody died. I so, mean. That's pretty exciting. My faith in Bellamy died, but. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty! All right, can you guys believe it? We're about to do our trailer reaction, and the blurb for uh, this is, it's a new day in Sanctum. That's it. That's what they have to tell us. It's a new day in Sanctum. Yeah, Clark Raven. Oh, struggle with a new foe. The new foe is Bellamy? (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. All right. It's a new day in Sanctum. Yeah, another day in Sanctum. Where where we're not going crazy because of the black, because of the red sun. Also, like, if it's been a whole new day on Sanctum, um... How much time has passed? Yeah. Like, what's the time differential in our two storylines now? Okay, so now we're going to watch our trailer. Uh, here we go. Three, two, one, play. You've lost yourself, Bellamy. This isn't you. No kidding. <laughs> She's right. Wait, Bellamy, what are you See? Doing? He's a whole-ass conductor. There's so much more at stake here than you know. I just wanted to say that a lot of this episode, a lot of this trailer is just one scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of prefer that to like flashes. Yeah, I just there's so much potential in the concept of Bellamy being brainwashed and then going through Clark's memories and like having any kind of reaction to that. Like, so he either like his brainwashing cracks because of he him watching Clark's memories. Or, like, he somehow is, like, drawn closer to Clark through these memories or something. But I just, I have zero faith in it going in any kind of positive direction. Right. Like, it could just, it could be so angsty and, like, delicious and it's not going to. So Echo says, you've lost your way, I think. Oh, you've You've lost lost yourself. So the, the, the first shot is just them, like, zooming in on a planet, which I assume is Bardo, I guess? Um, and he, like, does not care. Like, she's like, this isn't you! And he's like, uh, and It is yeah, now. And what about it? Luckily, he's had a shower, um, and a haircut. Who? And a considerable amount of lip chap. 
Oh my god. Yeah, he looks completely normal. He kind of looks like, almost like season one Bellamy, to be honest. And he just rubs some tree sap on it. Yeah, he, and his hair is like the perfect season one Bellamy, like, curls. And I'm like, who did this haircut? (laughs) And how did they know? (laughs) You do such a good job. They all hate me, is that what he says? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they all hate me. Which, like, no kidding, because you just messed up their entire plan. So Clark is trying to go towards Bellamy and is being pulled back by some disciples. Bellamy is obviously in a conductor's outfit now, but doesn't have any of the... Face tattoos. The face tattoo. So maybe it's just an outfit. And Octavius is, what are you doing? What I have to do? That sounds familiar. So we've got Clark going into the MCAP and the people in the room are, I guess, is that Doucette? Doucette, Bellamy, Cadigan, and that girl from earlier. Mm -hmm. Shona, I think is her name. I don't know if that's Doucette or not. I can't tell. But she's fighting it, which is painful, which we And she's like bleeding out of her head. Which is what Dioza did. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if maybe... Somebody told her that that's what Dioza did and it helped or something. I don't know. Or if she's just thrashing around from fighting it so hard because her memories are horrific because she saved the world six times. Yeah. Which like Bellamy knows. So he's like, I can just tell you what happened. Like, why do we have to do this? Like, you were there, idiot. And obviously we can trust him. You know, the like Bardo people can trust him. Yeah, because like he's clearly on their side. So this is Shade Hedda who's dressed like, I don't know, Rufio or or slash a pirate um, and is sitting in a throne of skulls and i think bellamy says that this is more sacred than you know or something i can't really there's so much more at stake here than you know stake here okay um and then we have indra just looking somewhere i can't tell what that was it looks like clark maybe biting somebody or hugging somebody and i think that's jordan right Uh uh-huh and then we have clark crying in the mcap people are thinking that maybe she might see abby again yeah in the mcap it's entirely possible because Paige seemed to drop a hint that Abby might be back for like an episode or an something. Episode. Well, do you think that she re-record, like she went in to record something or do you think it was just archive footage? Well, I feel like, I feel like it may, I feel like for it to have been a big enough deal that she's like dropping hints or whatever. That she must have gone that back. That she must have gone back. Well, I mean, if we're seeing it through Clark's memory, you kind of have to, like, reshoot it, like, from Clark's eyes. Because mm-hmm. um, it doesn't really make sense with the angles that you already have. So maybe they did. I don't know. Or, like, like it could be a memory that Clark has that we haven't seen. Yeah. If maybe. they show Abby going out the airlock again, I will once again take it as a personal affront to my friends. Yeah. Why are we showing that? Like, don't do that. I, I will I will take it as a personal affront to yeah. me. Yeah. And I will be angry. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Please, if you're so inclined, write us a review on Apple Podcasts. We would really appreciate those. If you don't want to write something out, that's okay. Just do the little stars. That'd be cool. Or on like all your podcast apps, you can send reviews. That would be cool. If you're a fan of Riverdale, we like to talk about that show too. Um, it is delightful garbage. Um... And we love it. If you're a fan of Lost, which obviously I am, I talked about it a lot this, uh, this episode, <laughs> um, we have a show about that as well. Um, we're currently just starting season three. It is spoiler free. So if you want to join us and watch along with us, boy, I would be thrilled to have you. If you want somebody to talk about it with, go ahead and DM me anywhere. Please. <laughs> I go to heaven because I get more people to watch Lost. That's my good place points go up. <laughs>
with every, every time new you person. watch Lost. Thank you. If you're a fan of Star Trek, we like to talk about that show too. We have a podcast covering season one of Star Trek Picard, uh, and we have a roundtable for that as well. And Brittany and I have some plans to like talk about some more Star Trek. Uh, we just haven't executed it yet because you know pandemic. Yeah. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, we like to talk about that show too. Um, we are finishing up season two um, by the end of this year here, and then we're going to be taking up 2021 to do season three. Hopefully, we'll have season four by then um yeah and we just wanted to remind you guys also that we are going to be um after this season is over we are going to be going back to cover the first three seasons of the hundred um so don't leave us stick around and um come, come back for the superior seasons yeah. we will have so many good thoughts yeah. about those seasons i'm and excited it'll be more fun yeah uh, you can follow the Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, and YouTube. Uh, mostly Twitter, but Robin does make gifts of our favorite line awards. So if you want to go like reblog those or just check them out and give her a like, uh, she works really hard. Yeah, they don't get a lot of notes, but I have fun making them, and that's what's important. <laughs> Um, our Patreon, I forgot to mention since we didn't have any storyline breaks this episode, <laughs> our Patreon is patreon.com slash theafficionados. It's a service in which you can donate to some of your favorite creators. Um, at $1 a month is where it, when it starts, so that's like nothing. Um, you get early access to all of our podcasts. A lot of people um, find that to be really worth it, specifically for weekly shows like this one. Um, so we'd love to have you um, help us out over there. For $5 or more a month, you get 10% off at shopylux.com. Shopylux dot com is where me and Brittany sell art. She sells some incredible resin art and I sell fandom embroidery. Um, I currently have nine, the hundred, <laughs> the hundred, um, designs. So, um, probably your favorite character is there, but if it's not hit me up and we can figure out a commission cause it's not that much extra. No. Um, but if you don't have the 10% off from being a patron, go check it out anyway, because that's a cool way that you guys can help us monetarily without, um, like, while still getting something really cool out of it. Lastly, if you can't help out monetarily right now, totally okay. The next best thing you could do, recommend us to a friend. Slash, go ahead and listen to one of our podcasts that you haven't heard yet. Hmm, that'd be cool. Yeah. Not only do we want your friends to join, but we want to have you join all of our other podcasts. That would yeah. be fun. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Sam Casey's, which is S-A-M-C-A-S-E-Y-S. And you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y. Pretty much everywhere. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y. If you want to send me a DM about you watching Lost for the first time. <laughs> Thank you. So our next episode is episode 712. It's called The Stranger, and we assume it's probably going to be mostly about Bellamy. Like, I'm excited to see Bellamy and Clark again in the majority of an episode. Yeah. But this isn't how I wanted it. I yeah. gotta say. Mm -hmm. Gotta say. Hey, Clark, don't be tortured challenge. <laughs> Clark, get a full episode of screen time without being tortured challenge. Yeah. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. <laughs>